2: I'm a feminist, but when I recently did a gig in Liverpool, I found myself being intimidated by nearly every woman in the audience. I don't know if you've been to Liverpool, but seriously, if these women are going out on Saturday night, they start getting ready on Tuesday morning. It's absolutely, (laughs) it's bonkers. Um, Anyway, so I was standing outside this club that I was at, waiting to go on. And a group of women were walking towards me to get into the club and they looked incredible. They looked like a vision. They looked like Bond girls. And just as they were approaching me, I have to confess that my self-esteem dipped a little bit and I thought, I'm never going to be one of those women that looks as glamorous and elegant, as beautiful as these women. And just as they walked past me, I overheard one of them say, Oh no, me son, she's all slipped on of me leg. <laughs> and I thought, no, I am better than you. <laughs> I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that. Exactly. But you should not be proud of that. <laughs> that is a shame valve. But my self-esteem did
0: shoot right back up again. <laughs> so oh, apologies. No. I'm sorry. I'm a feminist, but last week a man gave me his seat on the train and I couldn't decide whether he thought I was pregnant or old. <laughs> Either way, I thought it was incredibly annoying and so I asked him politely why he'd given it to me. And he said, oh, I just love your podcast. And I went, (laughs) (laughs) like a maiden who'd been saved from a dragon. (laughs) And then he said, and anyway, I'm getting off at the next stop. And I said, oh, well, don't ruin it.
2: I'm a feminist, but I put up with being sleezed on by a bloke who made my skin crawl and clearly thought lesbian was a euphemism for up for it. And instead of telling him to go fuck himself, I listened to his tedious and obnoxious story about how he loved trekking in war zones because he enjoyed the thrill of traveling in countries where he had political immunity because he's a white, overprivileged bell end with a sense of entitlement which made me want to throw up directly into his face. Then, halfway through his tedious speech, he stopped, I literally said this to me. Honestly, there's no way you're in your 40s. I mean, you look like you're 28. And I thought, he's quite a nice guy, isn't he?
0: you <laughs> I mean, not that bad a bloke, is he? Come on. Well, he'd lighten up a bit. I'm a feminist. But if I could body swap with Margot Robbie for a day, I'd refuse to swap back. <laughs> Fair enough. I'd tell her it was a day. It wouldn't be. Up, no. I'm a feminist, but my mum
2: is currently living with me. And she's got to go, and that's it, really. She's got to go. <laughs> she's got to go. I... Look, this is really... It's hard, isn't it? Because I do... Obviously, I love my mum. Mm. I, I, I do. I, I love her very much. But she's living with me, and it feels like it might be indefinite, because she sold her house, and she's moved into my house until she finds her house. She hasn't found a house... She doesn't seem to be... There doesn't seem to be any sense of urgency to get out of this. <laughs> I think, Jennifer, there's no rush, OK? I stay here. I make you want to kill me. Uh, and I will kill her because she's doing that thing. When you watch television and you, there's a show that... I mean, I'm out most nights, so that if I have one night in, I want to watch the show that I want to watch. Is that not unreasonable? And my mum wants to watch shows like 24 Hours in a and uh, this guy's too fat, he can't leave the sofa... Uh, This diet might kill you. And he's like, oh, Jennifer, this show, he's in A&E, he has a diet, he nearly died, let's watch it together. I'm like, I will shoot me in the face, I don't want to watch this. Or she does this thing where she'll allow me to watch the programme I want to watch, but then she'll just ruin it by telling me everybody in that programme that's dead. (laughs) He's dead, Jennifer, he died. My God, cancer, dead, whole family dead. Too young, Jennifer. It's a tragedy. Dead. They are dead. He's dead. She died. Whole family, dead. They are dead. Dead. All of these people, dead. Dead. Mum, this is... It was the news at ten. I was like, somebody... Somebody is alive.
0: I'm a feminist. But my secret plan to body swap with Margot Robbie (laughs) is to go and stand in the Victoria's Secret Fitting Room in a lightning storm while holding a Blu-ray of eye Tonya <laughs> during London Fashion Week while she hosts The Guilty Feminist while eating a fortune cookie. I've thought it through. <laughs> something like that would have to work, wouldn't it? I've I watched mean, all
2: the with movies. That, what, with that kind of plan, how could it fail? I don't <laughs> think it could.
0: Live from the Royal Albert Hall, the Tomato Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, White, guest co-host Jen Brister, and very special guest Stella Greasy, MP, with Sisters Uncut, talking about politics. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Um, And today I'm with Jen Brister. Have you had... A terribly popular guest co pilot. And uh, have you had a guilty week or a feminist week, Jen? What day is it today? I'm it's Monday. Fe- I mean, I've had. I mean, you haven't had long to get going, to be I
2: honest with have you. I haven't really. Um, have I had a. It's still to come. Let's say
0: feminist. <laughs> Jen starts as she means to go
3: on. I'm f- going to if the as first I
2: mean thing, thing you've
0: done this week is the guilty feminist. Then it is. It's been a feminist week. It's, so been, far. A fem- well, it's been both. It's equally. Did you watch the BAFTAs? Yes. Tedious, Woo! wasn't it? <laughs> Tedious. <laughs> what was the most exciting bit? Yes! Yes. (laughs) That was the most exciting bit. Sisters uncut, lying down on the carpet and refusing to move until Theresa May did things. Now, she didn't do them, but she will. Um, (laughs) We feel convinced. We are at the scene of the BAFTAs, although in the small room. We will do a show in the big room maybe next year. But tonight we're doing a little show in this little room because the, the suffragettes having such a good relationship with this building. I mean, I say good, it was up and down, I'll be honest with you. Didn't they uh, get,
2: they, they were invited here and then after a while they went, do you know what, don't come back because this is embarrassing now.
0: That's basically what happened, yes. They, listen, there's a lovely man now who programmes called Dave. Are you in, Dave? Dave. Is Dave in?
2: Of course he's called Dave.
0: He's called Dave. Dave, Dave's... are you in? Am I allowed to talk about you? Oh, oh! And she, someone said, "And she's a woman." Uh, <laughs> there's a famous stories. Surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come on and just say a quick? What's your name? Liz. Liz. Be for Liz. <laughs> well, this is an unusual beginning to the show. Come and sit down, Liz. I'm Deborah. This is Jen. Hello. Hello. You're an archivist Hi. here. So you are you archiving this now? Is that why you're here? I am, yeah. So that in 100 years' time, they'll say the guilty feminists were here. Exactly. They started in the small room, and then they smashed a lot of stuff it's up, about and the they were never It's about the suffragettes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, go on. Sorry, Liz, tell so us. So
4: the suffragettes first came here in 1905 and caused havoc at a Liberal Party meeting, and they came back about 25 times, and they were banned in 1913, basically because... They were smashing ups up stuff everywhere. <laughs> so, so the hall took the, the point of view that we want to protect our lovely, lovely hall. So they banned them.
0: I think, though, because I saw a picture, it was an illustration of a suffragette like hitting two of the ushers with a dog whip but it, the thing is it was a that drawing seems so, mild. It, it was it was a drawing so it could be fake news
4: exactly exactly
0: there were no photographs then so no. well they were but you had to sit still for a really long time and if you your pose for like about five exactly time, you, you had to that? stay very still like that with a dog whip <laughs> police officer like that <laughs> Yeah,
4: Yeah, that was Helen Ogston, who was um, a really interesting woman. She took a dog whip here because the suffragettes were so badly manhandled every time they went to a Liberal Party meeting. She took it for protection. She asked Christabel Pankhurst, oh, shall I take an umbrella? Christabel said, yes, a dog whip will look crazy if you do that. (laughs) She was like, screw that, I'm going to take a dog whip. (laughs) She started yelling votes for women, and as always happened, she got manhandled by Liberal Party stewards who um, tried to throw her out so that picture shows her looking at, like a crazy banshee woman. Actually, she delicately flicked it and <laughs> she got cigarette. You heard that from the archivist. <laughs> Hello. It was a delicate <laughs> flick. There's a lot of gay women delicate in the audience
2: flick.
0: going, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. So, Liz, then there was the anti suffrage movement. They also had meetings exactly. here. Exactly. Or that one meeting.
4: Yeah, we had one meeting with Lord Curzon. Some of the main reasons were. a that- the cinema guy. Yeah. <laughs> was that who he was, was the viceroy of india at one point he sounds um, very liberal <laughs> he was Open-minded like minded women can't have the votes their brains are too small the empire will think it's disgraceful that we've given rights to women so yeah they came once and it was actually weird in the same week as the suffragettes oh yeah.
0: one going out one going in we'll
4: pick anybody at that point awkward silences <laughs> yeah.
0: on the doorstep but so there were some women who were part of the anti-suffrage movement. There
4: were, definitely. Yeah, lots of women thought, well, you know, I'm quite happy just being at home, so why do I need that? Just let my husband decide for me. So, yeah, it was packed out with women as well. I
0: like to think they were brainwashed by the patriarchy to embrace the status quo because we all fear change rather than them just liking housework.
4: I
3: would hope um, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Because I, <laughs> I think there'd be loads of women now. If we, if we didn't have the vote. There'd be loads of women who go, oh, we don't need it, it's fine. You know, I've just, I've got the Kardashians. I don't exactly. need more. Yeah. No. I feel
4: like that sometimes. It's true. It's true though. That I think I don't I mean
0: don't. you would say that. I just mean there would be. But it's nice to know.
4: Um, Good.
0: and then they were banned, but then they must have lifted the ban at some point because they had a big party here when they won the vote.
4: Exactly. In nineteen eighteen we invited back the women's party. So we had Emmeline and Christabel Pankhurst came back here and celebrated the vote in 1918. And what was the party like? Was it in the main hall? It was in the main hall. Um, it was a massive, massive event. The war was over. Whoopee. Women get the vote. Some women get the vote. Some women, Some get, women the vote. get the vote.
0: Good point, Jen. That's good good point. point. You're welcome. Yes, wh-
4: <laughs> women who owned
0: property over 30. So if you are, in fact, a rich woman over 30, it's your special year. Um, <laughs> do you know how the working-class women who'd fought for the vote felt when rich women got it and they didn't were they at the party or were they like fuck you do you
4: know what I have no idea that's a really boring answer go and find out I should should read around the archives run the
0: archives (laughs) to find out because I need to know and get back to us
4: you have oh my god you have an
2: hour (laughs) your
0: time starts now yeah if you could get back to us in the next hour with anything pressure yeah with anything Liz it's what the suffragettes would have wanted Liz exactly Um, so uh, thank you so much big round applause for Liz would you like to hear some stand up comedy Please welcome to the stage the wonderful Jen Brewster! Hello!
2: Hello. So anyway, it's lovely to be here at the Royal Albert Hall, you know, 110 years after Women's Suffrage Societies came here to fundraise and get themselves together. And it feels like it's great, isn't it? Because we've got the vote, isn't it? Isn't it great? Isn't it great that they let us have the vote? Um, But I feel like this doesn't really feel like it ends there. It feels like it's just started there. Like, it's the 21st century, and uh, let's be honest, do you feel content with what we got? No. No? Neither the fuck do I. Um, There's still so much for women in the 21st century to contend with, and all the stuff that we're told we're supposed to, you know, care about, I think is a distraction. Do you know what I mean? Like, the thigh gap. Does anyone actually give a shit? (laughs) couldn't give a toss about the thigh gap I'll be honest with you I've been with my girlfriend for over 12 years now I'm just delighted if anything's rubbing down there you know
5: Um,
2: I think we should just forget the the, the thigh gap I think it's the gender pay gap that we should I mean that's if we're going to be thinking OK, here's some facts. Let's get, let's get the boring facts out of the way. OK, we've had the Equal Pay Act in 1970. We had the Sex Discrimination Act in 1975. The Race Relations Act 1976. The Disability Discrimination Act in 1995. And we had the Equality Act of 2010. And uh, we're still not getting paid the same fucking money! <laughs> I mean, it almost feels like society has been telling women that we should be grateful. <laughs> Come on, love. You've got a job. You can vote. We're not allowed to touch your tits in public anymore. What are you moaning about? Okay, well, I'll tell you. I'm moaning about my piece of the pie, mate. Because I don't want 5% or 10% or even 25%. I want 50% of the pie because I've earned it. And I'm not a token or a one-off or an anomaly. I'm a woman. And women make up 51% of the population. Yeah, that's right, fellas. There's more of us. So hand over my piece of the pie you know that bit at the moment with the extra crust that you didn't earn yeah it's called the cis bloke penis bonus um laughter I'm saying this as a gay woman but I want that pristine portion of privileged penis premium and I want to be chowing down on that slice of pie sorry not your slice of pie my slice of pie because it's not yours it never was yours it's always been mine and you're not handing over a piece of pie you're handing back my piece of pie that you took from me give me my fucking pie back (laughs) People arguing this point with me, they, they, you know, even women will say to me, Jen, come on, chillax, yeah? We're on to our second female prime minister, hey? Hey, guys, high five that. High five. High five that. And they say, what are you complaining about? Well, look, that's about representation, isn't it? It's not about pay. And, of course, it is a great achievement for any woman. And despite being unapologetically left-wing, I have to go out on a limb here and say full respect to Theresa May who has proven herself to be equal to any of her unscrupulous, flip-flopping, backstabbing, venal and ideologically corrupt male Tory peers. (laughs) Hashtag not helping. Um, (laughs) The problem is, I don't think as women we understand exactly how important we are. Look, there are so many men ruling the roost right at the moment who can't function without you. That is an actual fact. Now, all we need to do is stick together. is not that be good, if, as women, if we could just stop having a go at each other? You know, the biggest thorn in the side of any feminist, sadly, can actually be, often, another feminist. And I think what I'm trying to say is, Jermaine, please, for the love of God, shut the fuck up. Hashtag not helping misogyny, it still exists everywhere. It's not like we got the vote in 1918-28 stroke and then it was all forgotten. I mean, we need to look at what's happening in the United States. Personally, I think that if the Republicans were really true to their brand of misogyny, they would have let Hillary win. Paid her 50% less and saved on a cleaner by getting her to run around the Oval Office with a Hoover. That's all I'm saying. Now, if there is 50% percent of us you know but we're not evenly represented in business the arts or the judiciary look at what's happening with the bbc i'm assuming the term auntie is ironic because it's starting to feel like that creepy uncle you know (laughs) uncle jimmy in the shiny tracksuit on a six-figure salary with his arm around a 14 year old girl what all i'm saying is none of us are allowed to watch those episodes of top of the pops anymore are we (laughs) (laughs)
5: hmm
2: All right, all I'm going to say is I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the BBC ought to be commended because I don't think they've ever produced a single high-profile female paedophile. Hashtag, not me too. Come on, guys, get behind it. God, if you're offended about me suggesting Jimmy Savile is a bloody paedophile, I mean, is this new information? And has it been corroborated? <laughs> All right, joking aside, which I was trying to, but you lot got very uptight. <laughs> joking aside, the BBC have finally given us a female Doctor Who. Who. Isn't that great? Because it was very contentious for a long time, wasn't it, to have a, a female Doctor? Because for many people, many Doctor Who fans, the idea of a time-travelling space lord with two hearts that reincarnates into a different body every five years is fine. Uh, unless that body <laughs> is a woman. <laughs> the BBC was so delighted that they finally let a woman play Doctor Who and apparently uh, she's on the same pay as her male counterpart, which is great, isn't it? Uh, it's just unfortunate that the Doctor they chose was Tom Baker from 1978. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's some millennials in here who just have no idea what that just said, what I just said <laughs> Tom Baker was, and frankly is, was, will always be the best Doctor Who, so that's that. <laughs> great if we found out in the first episode of this new Doctor Who that the Doctor's biggest enemy isn't the Daleks and isn't the Cybermen, it's actually the glass ceiling. (laughs) Just imagine Bradley next to the Doctor going, Doctor, where the hell are we going? Well, Bradley, I'm going to ram this TARDIS straight through that glass ceiling so I can get my piece of the fucking pie back! (laughs) So to all the women in the room and to all the women listening, just remember there's 51% of us, and once a month we get very angry and irrational. (laughs) So just remember, go out and tell every bloke you want your 50%, because it's not guy pie, it's your fucking pie. Thank you.
0: welcome to the stage, MP Stella Creasy.
3: Can I say how bad it looks that I stole your Rocky Road? That oh, is... I see. Yeah, I we, There enough. was
0: Rocky Road in the dressing room, <laughs> and Stella came in and went, can I have some of that? We said, yes, of course you can. You're on the panel tonight. And then she basically put it in a bag. <laughs> and it was more a situation of have a nibble in the dressing room and she went i'll have that in my bag you know no, they just no
3: cake should be left behind that's the true equality oh.
0: <laughs> so stella what yes. made you become an mp because it's in some ways, it's not a very desirable job, is it? Because people hate MPs.
3: That, that, that is certainly true. There's a whole bunch of estate agents looking at me, going "ha ha." No. Um, look, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to change the world. I'm now 40 something. I still do. Sometimes we get to do that. Sometimes you sit through some meetings where you're having to stab your nails into your hand to remain calm. Um, and sometimes, Jacob really, Jake, yeah. Well,
0: How do you cope with that? Thing. If you're listening internationally, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Mm, Google him.
2: Uh, no, it's, don't. It's, don't, uh, it's indescribable. Is a, he has six children, and one of his—he's absolutely, entirely proud of the fact that he's never changed a single nappy. And didn't he name his sixth child Sextus or something? Sixth, yeah.
0: What a penis. <laughs> he. I went and debated at the Cambridge Union the other night, which was really fun. But they said mm-hmm. Jacob Rees-Mogg had been in the week before. And they'd had him deliberately sort of as a sort of, oh, people can protest and front him with stuff. But they said he wore clothes that were older than the Cambridge Union. and I went. <laughs> so he came dressed in privilege. And they said, yeah, basically. <laughs> he had some kind of slippers on that had been in his family oh. for generations. Oh, and really I know they were probably slippers made from...
2: He, d- he describes his first
0: language as Latin. I
2: just want to, like... Oh! What? oh listen, I'm, this is actually... I mean, what kind of belendery is this? It's, it's just so beyond belief. So but, tr- but it is effective.
3: Look, three words that show the backlash are there. President Donald Trump. Four words to show it's not just Jacob. Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson... Yeah. like we laugh at these people. Mm. We think everybody else sees mm. what this, and then suddenly they're in power. Like this is this is the worry for all of us. This is, I, I call myself an in betweener feminist, not just because I think I'm J. Like, that's an ageing reference for anybody here. <laughs> not as bad as talking about top of the Pops but I, 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 know, I remember top of the fox. I, I mean, to I, be on top I, of the Pops I say, so did I? Yeah.
2: I wanted don't, to stand next to the. the yeah, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they, I don't they, they,
0: it was it was a popular beat program. Kids. Yes. Yeah. But, so, but you wanted to change the world, yeah, and but, then you got into politics. Yeah. Was that a disillusioning experience? No. Did you. How. No, look, look so at the risk of quoting one of my anti heroes, Chris Martin, nobody said it would be easy, <laughs> nobody said it would be this hard. Like. Wow, I don't think that's why ever happened. In the words it? of Ronan Keating, life is a roller coaster, you've just got to ride it. <laughs> Classics, you'll be hearing all so night. You say it best when you say <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Thank you. That's feminist but that's not a compliment to a podcaster (laughs) and I feel dissed by an MP now on my own show God, this is like PMQ now, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) There are lots
3: of challenges in the world. There are lots of things you want to change. My mum's always saying to me, why do you expect it to be easy? It's just it's possible. And the whole point about people like Donald Trump and Jacob Rees-Mogg and Boris Johnson is they want to tell you there's no point. There's absolutely every bloody point. And it gets easier to do the more people join you. So the whole point for me is that you can either sit on the sidelines and whinge about it and say, oh, I don't like what they're doing, or you stand up to them you stand up to the DUP, you stand up to the Conservatives, you stand up to every single bloke who says, oh, well, I can't be in a... Wo- we with a woman now because I'll get told I'm sexually harassing them and say, don't be an idiot, get out of the way or be part of progress because that's what's going to happen, mate. But. That's why, that's why I, I spend my time on the benches, doing that yeah, to people. <laughs> <laughs> I hear not you same
0: saying, work. and I really, I don't mean to be rude, but you're not in power at the moment. How does that, I mean, that sounds like you didn't know. Uh, sorry, this is awkward. Um, How does it work when you're not in power? Been, you're not in power? up at number
3: 10. <laughs> How does
0: it work when you're not in power? How do you change things? So this things?
3: is the point, is, is you don't, obviously being in office makes it easier, but it doesn't make it impossible. Yeah, I'm a backbench MP, but it was thanks to, I'm sure many of the people in the this room who help make the case around getting abortion rights for women in northern ireland or help with payday lending or help now with housing with healthcare like the point is that you can win an argument it's harder to do when you're not in office and when you're in office you can change things more quickly i go back to my my mum is this constant drumbeat my my mum doesn't even live with me anymore she's still there she's in my head oh that's they do that they can do that she's totally got in there and her whole point was right the world is unfair what are you going to do about it Listen, you know, five, six years ago, companies like Wonga were pushing people into debt with payday lending. Now they've basically gone out of business and you'll have seen people like cash converters go off your high streets. It makes a difference when we've got a cap on the cost of credit. Yeah, we got rights for Northern Irish women when they come to England to get an abortion. That job is not done. Let me be very clear. We have to get the Istanbul Convention ratified in this country because when they do that, you can't ask women to travel to access their reproductive rights and then... Then we're going to look Ian Paisley Jr. and Arlene Phillips in the face and talk about the women in Northern Ireland getting their original. Like Before Christmas... Before Christmas, we managed to persuade the government to close the tax loophole on overseas commercial property sales. That should be raising £5 billion. They've told me they're only going to raise half a billion pounds, so we're telling them how to raise £5 billion by doing it properly. And this Wednesday, I'm hoping that we can finally kick the PFI companies out of our schools and hospitals, because they are taking a quarter of all the money going into schools and hospitals into profits. Now, none of that... I I, I mean, in between trying to help people sort out their parking permits and their bins and housing issues, none of that I do on my own. It's not even about the people who work with you directly. It is about the public and the role that you can play. And I say, the worst thing that happens right now is we act like 650 people in Hogwarts gone wrong are the only people in this country who can change things, who can make an argument, who can convince people. So we basically tell people not to bother. And the worst thing I see right now is people thinking, well, I'll just sit, I'll complain. I might put a hashtag out. Mm. I, might, I might yeah, I
0: might protest. And then what? Is always the question. And so that's what I'm go- I want to ask you, and then what? What can we do? So we've got we a lot of do listeners. So much. What can we do? So the
3: first thing we need to do, so we've got this domestic violence bill. It should be a violence against women bill. It shouldn't be a domestic It should be about violence against women. Let's Who talk was about that,
2: that idiot that um, tried to you filibuster that? you still on Boris that? Johnson? No, <laughs> no the <laughs> other guy. What was his name? Sorry, narrow it down. He filibustered Philip, Philip, Philip,
0: da- oh, yeah. Philip Davies. Philip oh. Davies. Philip Davies. If you're listening internationally, don't Google him.
3: It's <laughs> no, do oh, even... He's just so objectionable. Just a... He is
0: the worst person in the world other than Donald Trump. I,
3: I'm not a fan of, of his work, but I think that's quite a high bar. I mean, so, Okay,
0: well, I, I, he's... I'm going for Vladimir Putin as being a bit more of...
3: He's in the bottom ten. Trump's still up there for me. Okay, fine.
0: But he... David he Davies would... is one of the worst people in the world. I don't know the exact number.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, think if we were, I don't have a metric. D, D We've D only got 45 10. minutes left. We <laughs> okay. haven't got time
0: to list them. So what yeah. can we do to help okay. with so, the Istanbul Convention? So the government
3: is about to... Start consulting on this piece of legislation. First and foremost, we've got to make sure that it's inclusive. So we've got to make sure that yes, the refugees get funding because something like a third of women who need a refuge right now are being turned away from them. They're changing the way in which they fund them. That is absolutely a decision that MPs are taking. You should tell your MP to make the different call so that we properly fund specialist services for victims of domestic violence. <laughs> See, rule one. Uh, secondly, one of the big problems right now is that if you are a British citizen, we kind of have this idea that you have refuge provision. But if, say, you are a refugee woman or if you are a woman whose status is uncertain, good luck with that. We need to change that because I don't think a single victim of sexual violence, as she ends up on our shores, should be treated differently. So I want to make sure that women yeah, who don't have records are public funds. You know, we think of ourselves as a good country on the whole, but we are a country Lesser that locks... so now. Well, we lock up women who are victims of sexual violence Woo! at a place called Yarswood. Yeah, so... Well, lock them up! <laughs> Do you,
0: no, I no. don't. No. <laughs> no, we shouldn't, yeah, so <laughs> <Stella's> not locking <laughs> yeah. them up personally. No, no, it's it's not, it's not, she it's wasn't saying me. we locked them up like us, more I, like we... I, I'd make it's more a, an
3: umbrella. I, I would make a Prisoner Cell Block H but that is so going to go across the heads of 90%
0: <laughs> of yeah. the people. Prisoner um, Cell Block H? Prisoner yeah, Cell Block Prisoner yeah. Cell Block prison H. I'm from Australia. God, how do you think I came out Prisoner Cell Block H? Prisoner Cell Block H was the biggest representation of lesbians when I was growing up, there was. I thought, I've got to get myself to
2: prison because I think that's the only way I'm
0: going to pull. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, 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 <laughs> and I was thought, right. I thought it, it was, was a
3: continuation of Neighbours. It... So, Women Without Recourse public Funds... Because we need to be a Violence Against Women bill, so in Nottingham, what they've been doing is trialling, treating misogyny as a hate crime, and it has changed the way in which the police deal with crimes. So one of the things I'd love everyone in this room to do, because it's not just about the people in Hogwarts, you have a mayor of London who controls the police in London... It would be great to do that here in London so that every police force was tagging hate crime against women, so sexual harassment would be treated as seriously as any other form of hate crime and it would help us identify the places it happens, it would help us, like I know in my local community in Walthamstow we've been trying to look at particular cafes and pubs where people get hassled outside. We also really want to tackle the fact, and Harriet Harman who is a goddess, if you're talking about like people that you go a bit wibbly when you're in a room with and you try and debate with, Harriet Harman is up there, because I mean, she can be quite scary in a good way but it's like, and Harriet has been working on the fact that 20 years ago she helped pass legislation to take a rape complainant's sexual history off the table when you came to a case they put in a small little window what was supposed to be a small amount of exemption for it and 20 years later oddly enough what we're discovering is actually it's much more widespread so people's sexual history are being brought up in court often without them knowing that it's going to be brought up so harriet would like to change the law and i hope people here will support and help her in doing that again by telling their mp to support that so that we finally stop the idea that However, you had a previous relationship with somebody, or whether you've slept with anybody else, if you said no, you've bloody said no.
2: I mean, I, yes, I.
0: I think everything that you're doing is incredible work. Uh, sometimes
2: be I feel like if i talked
3: about sweets
0: instead, because I, I am. No, 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 you're talking about exactly okay. the right thing. This is what we want to hear about so much. Um, I do write to my MP, I've I, I, I quite a lot, actually. Sometimes it doesn't feel
2: like it's enough. Sometimes it doesn't feel like... And I think for people that don't maybe feel like the MP represents them anyway, represents their values or represents their politics or their ideology. I mean, outside of writing to your MP, what is it that, as people that want to be politically active... It's
3: it's not about writing to an MP per se. I mean, if I say to you that I got 98,000 tweets within eight weeks and a similar amount of letters and emails, you can tell it's not necessarily that your MPs are ignoring you. It's literally that it's a volume... Mm overload of stuff it's more about what you ask them to do when so identifying the actual piece of legislation or the person who has the power to change something you also have a huge amount of power in your purchasing power in joining community organizations yeah and look and the sisters uncut that i take my hats off to you guys because what you do is you raise issues the point i got involved in politics when i and this is really going to make me old really i just everyone here's going to literally look blank at this when i was a teenager and lots of my friends were involved in the campaign around live animal exports immediately ages everyone is middle-aged to remember this when we used to have this big campaign about people exporting animals and lots of my friends were getting up at six o'clock in the morning and going standing on the docks and shouting at lorry loads of sheep and saying this is something that shouldn't be happening in our country and then I noticed that the local political parties were making pledges about whether or not they would stop it happening and I was like well actually if you want this to stop happening then maybe we should campaign and get these guys elected and they said no 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 Standing on the docks, shouting at the sheep at six o'clock in the morning is much more important. And at 15, the idea of six o'clock in the morning Mm. in the cold. And I thought... It's not that you do either or, it's that the two fit together. So we need you guys to help us keep the pressure. Because women's issues, every time I talk about women's issues, when I first got elected, people said to me, don't, don't do it too much, it's career suicide. At which point we started calling the Campaign for Gender Impact Assessments lady data to help them understand mm. <laughs> the ladies weren't going away. But raising awareness only gets us 50% of the way. We need an action, because the greatest and easiest things are politicians so for me to go, you know what, you're brilliant, you're great, you're raising awareness and not to have to do anything. It's when you come to me with an action. So when you come to me like a piece of legislation saying, well, actually, what I want you to do is support the amendment that Harriet will put forward, that the two fit together. And when those two work well, it's brilliant. When they don't, we're shouting at sheep or delivering leaflets and not winning elections, and neither side wins.
0: Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Deborah Frances white briefly interrupting your podcast listening to say you may have missed... We put out an extra special additional episode of The Guilty Feminist on Good Friday. It was one I recorded in Calais for helprefugees.org. If you haven't heard the episode, go and listen to it now. And if you would like to help by uh, volunteering, even for a day or a weekend, by contributing either necessary supplies or cash or by lobbying your MP for policy change, please go to helprefugees.org. Help Refugees is also running a pop-up restaurant and the money is going to a refugee who is running the restaurant, but also a hospital in Syria to keep it open and pay the doctors and nurses. So please go to the website and find out about all of these things. We're also doing a fundraiser on the 2nd of May in London. So if you could please hold the date and we will let you know when tickets go on sale, if you'd like to come to that show. In addition, I would like to let you know that Jessica who who is one of our regular guest co-pilots on the show, she's coming to a theatre near you. She's coming on the 8th of April to Liverpool, on the 11th of April to Barnsley, 14th to Sheffield, and then after that she's coming to Brighton and Manchester. So get on her website, which is jessicafosterq.com. And find those dates and book those tickets now before all the tickets go. In addition, please go to the BBC website, BBC Radio 4, and find Grown-Up Land, which is our brand new podcast starring Mae Martin, Bisha Kayali and Ned Sedgwick from Global Pillage. We also have some Global Pillagers coming up. You can come if you live in London and see it live and be part of our hive mind. On the 15th of April, Global Pillage will be at King's Place and you can get tickets at kingsplace.co.uk. The show is at 4pm, so after your lunch, but before your party in the evening. And the cast includes Paul Sinha from The Chase, Sindhu V, who you'll have heard quite a lot on the Guilty Feminist podcast, Philippa Scoffey, a mind reader, Sophie Dukar, Jen-Anne Yunus and Sarah Benetto. On the 29th of April... King's Place again, 4pm. You can see Jessica Foster Rosie Jones, Gavino Divino, Gronya Maguire, Ophelia Hockard, Sterling Butler and Johnny Cochran. So please come along to that. Buy tickets now at kingsplace.co.uk. That show does sell out now, um, so it's really good to get tickets in advance. We've also got lots more Guilty Feminist shows coming up in London and around the UK. Go to guiltyfeminist.com. And also join our mailing list because people always complain they can't get tickets for the shows. If you join the mailing list, you will be alerted first, and you can go and get tickets immediately. We hope you can join in some or all of those things. In the meantime, I'll put you back to the podcast.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
0: Recently at the BAFTAs, last night if you're in the room, um, here at the Royal Albert Hall, uh, the red carpet was disrupted by Sisters Uncut, who were protesting cuts to funding for violence against women. And we are delighted to say that tonight they were ushered in through the VIP entrance. That's right. <laughs> they came in by the stage door. Please welcome to the stage, Sisters Uncut! So could you just tell us, what does Sisters Uncut do? Who are you? We're a feminist direct action group that is fighting in solidarity with survivors of sexual, domestic and state violence. And your job is to eradicate that through demanding change from the House of Commons, is that right? Mm. I wouldn't say it's a job
6: either. (laughs) uh, A hobby? And it won't be eradicated (laughs) through the House of Commons. Um, You don't think it will be?
2: No. How do you think think it will happen then?
0: Quite big. So, what's your most radical idea? What would you like to see happen? Prison if... abolition. Prison abolition, so... It's and about... the fall of the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> prison yeah. prison smashing... abolition, the fall
7: yeah. of the patriarchy. We're smashing the patriarchy. It's about questioning the whole criminal justice system and our whole punitive way of thinking and looking at the roots of the issues and why the patriarchy exists why white supremacy exists and also fundamentally it would be dismantling capitalism as well i think in yes. the ideal world <laughs> okay. okay
0: so wow small goal <laughs> yeah, so, so that's you your, guys are going to be busy well, that's yeah, well, what are you do the weekends? <laughs> that's your big goal and i think it is we need radical people who want This kind of thing done. And sometimes I think we don't question the way that things are. When I look at the way that elections are funded in America, it just seems absurd because organizations like the NRA pay for their campaign and then they say, you owe us. Well, that's illegal in this country. If that came out that it had happened in this country, people would go to jail. But it's just normal in America. So it is worth questioning is what we do the right way of doing it? And stepping back from it, just because it's under the banner of democracy doesn't mean it's right. So I think what you guys are doing is great. In the short term, given dismantling the patriarchy is not going to happen this week, what do you want?
8: Um, So I guess on the national level, the main thing that Sisters Uncut is working on is the domestic violence and abuse bill and trying to refocus it in a way so that it stops focusing on more punitive measures and the harmful criminal justice system and longer sentences for perpetrators, but actually looking at the root causes and funding domestic violence services and refuges because they've been so harshly cut under the Tory government and the coalition government since 2010. And then locally, we're all part of North London Sisters Uncut, so we're focusing on Holloway Prison, um, which has been closed down recently. Basically, it's a really nice opportunity for that land to be used for something really great. It's public land, and it should be used for public good. And we want that land to be used to support local women and domestic violence survivors. So I guess there are two main targets at the moment, nationally and locally.
6: <laughs> On like a, a real level, like it's not just about like statistics and looking at things as a whole. I lived in a refuge and one of the people I lived with was sent down for seven years for burglary while her perpetrator did seven months for rape she was taken from the refuge and put into prison. Like, why was she ever in prison? She needed a trauma-informed environment that was going to help her, but she was at risk of being incarcerated because she was a survivor of violence and because any moves that she made to try and solve that meant that she had to face the criminal justice system. The criminal justice system is really, really dangerous, and we don't need that as part of our lives. And this bill that Theresa May thinks is going to transform things and the magic money, two million, that she keeps offering that doesn't fucking exist just hurts women and binary people that are surviving domestic state and sexual violence and it's bullshit and that's why we were there at the BAFTAs because like we had to go so big because no like she if she's not gonna listen then we need to get enough press and we need to get enough people looking at it that they take note. If you were in Stella's position, what can Stella do to help sisters and can't get their goals? Give us a hundred million pounds to buy Holloway prison.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Stella, Start
0: that's small, quite Stella. a big
2: fundraiser. Yeah, yeah it, is
0: quite, it is quite large.
2: <laughs> is, there any, is there any bipartisan support? Is there anything? I mean, like, there's got yeah, to be look, something well so, where you can. I go mean, go on, the, across... on the sexual
3: harassment stuff in, in Parliament, because it does, and, and also actually on the stuff around the BBC, because the BBC's been silencing women who've come forward to talk about what's going on there in terms of equal pay, yet you have to be able to talk about equal pay. Absolutely, we've done that on a cross party basis. I think there is cross party recognition that the way they want to fund refugees isn't working. So this thing about general services, and of course when you give local authorities money for general services, they're trying to cover everything with it and it's refugees that
6: go. And they don't fund them because yeah. refugees are funded by women being entitled to housing benefit and then yeah. the housing benefit pays for it. So you can only access housing benefit if you understand their benefit system, which is really, really hard. Like, and haven't they taken benefits away
2: from any adults under 20, the 25? Year so yeah. if
6: you're surviving violence and you're 18, then you've got no hope. Well, they're yeah, also going to do something, the universal credit. So
3: we fought 20 yeah. years ago... For women to be seen in their own right to be given money, mm. and then universal credit is going to go back to households, i.e., it's going to go back, back to the met. To men. Men. Mm. Yeah. So, if you're in a controlling relationship, one of the things that helps you get out is access to cash. And mm. if the man is controlling the cash and the cash is being given to him, even though it's money for both of you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out what is going to happen. And mm. to say what's it frustrating the is violence. that we had this debate 20 years ago with tax credits, won that debate. And it goes back. In the same way, Look, when I first got elected in 2010, one of the first debates I took part in was about anonymity for rape victims. And you thought, I thought we had this argument. I thought we'd, we'd sorted that one. These things do keep coming back because the patriarchy is pretty persistent. But do we see how... Obviously, like,
7: we stand in solidarity with all the survivors who are coming forward with their individual instances of harassment and assault in this whole sort of the Me Too and the Time's Up movement, and you know, we understand that it is really difficult to speak out, but there has been a focus on individual perpetrators and not very much on you know, all of the situations that you have described. Those are situations that the government has created, and so the government is responsible for violence against women itself, and the state is, has that responsibility mm the number of survivors that are locked up, the violence that they face while they're locked up and afterwards, yeah. you know? Yeah, the state the never leaves you alone. Yeah.
6: Like, as soon as you are a part of that, like, as a survivor of domestic violence and having the peace in my life, like, the police are now a part of my life and they commit acts of violence against me all the time. Women are more likely to be held down in face-down restraints. That is more likely to kill you. People die in state custody. Sarah Reed died in Holloway Prison. She had... A severe and enduring mental health issues. She was a survivor of violence. She was in there for a survival crime. She was in there for something really petty. And she died in Holloway Prison because the state killed her and she had had been a
7: survivor of police brutality of an assault by a psychiatric nurse and then she died in Holloway prison, the state failed her over and over and over again and she was a working class black woman with mental health support needs, this shouldn't
2: be happening this is still happening, this happened last year, you know. Mm -hmm. It is true that the focus has been on sort of like whatever's been happening in the media, so the gender pay gap has focused on the BBC, I don't really feel like the media have taken on that mantle to talk about violence against women and assault against women, just in general. The, the most vulnerable so this women is, who don't have this is, this access this, this to is funds this for is lawyers. Cha-
3: yeah, well, absolutely. And the most this is, dangerous this is a challenge. for the people, woman is
2: still the home. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. kind of
3: former
7: part.
3: is 2018 going to be this big Yeah, Well, we have to make it. There's one thing about raising awareness, right? You go and you shout at the sheep. Absolutely important thing to do. But what is the action you want to take? So the thing that matters about Time's Up Now is, does that translate into raising mm-hmm, exactly. serious amounts of cash to be able to support women and it is mainly women to take forward sexual harassment cases in the workplace does it lead to a conversation when we change the rules about employment tribunals that the government changed a couple of years ago and we've just seen a massive drop in women being able to access their employment rights the challenge is we can have noise but do we have signals about the differences we want to make because if we don't actually have those actions and the ideas, then what happens is people wait it out and then they'll minimize it and they'll kind of say well we get that rape is a bad thing but you know hey what happens in a workplace that's just how men and women interact with each other but it's also
2: defining what rape is because i mean that's the problem is that the second you say rape it's almost impossible to prove Mm. once you get to court i mean it's You you not about going to court. It's
6: just don't rape people. No, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. That would be ideal. That that is the ideal situation. But
2: unfortunately, we're dealing with people that don't seem to understand. This is why you should be
3: frustrated that we've spent seven... Actually, longer than that. Years and years fighting to get sex and relationship... Education in schools. Finally, finally, we passed the legislation. And it's and really heterosexual. <laughs> uh, well, don't even get me started on the fight to, to stopping them bringing back Section 28 by the back door. Again, another reference that a lot of you, yeah. Mm. I
2: hate young people. I know. I'm what sorry. the hell? But,
3: but, <laughs> but yesterday, the Education Secretary turns around and says, oh, actually, we're going to make sure there's parental exemption. They're going to water it down again. Mm. Mm. Brexit is taking up so much time. When we get these precious legislative moments, don't lose them and don't let them give an inch when we finally make some bloody progress because it is a requirement to teach kids about composting and calculus in this country, but not consent.
0: That is bonkers. you do civil disobedience like the suffragettes, I think you're the
6: modern-day suffragettes,
0: which is why why I wanted you here tonight.
6: (laughs) On the note of the suffragettes, women still can't fucking vote, and that is bullshit, and it needs to change, and it should have changed years ago. If you live in a refuge, you cannot vote. If you're a survivor of violence, you cannot vote. If you're in prison, you cannot vote. If you are undocumented, you cannot vote. Why are we celebrating 100 years of suffrage when women cannot vote in this country? Like... And there is a bill in place to change that. And why is it not being pushed through? So everyone Mm. needs to make that happen. Like, that should have happened yesterday. Why has it not happened? Why are we still, why are we here? Like, why are we still talking about this? It's time consuming. It is expensive. And it's ultimately quite boring.
0: (laughs) Um, Because (laughs) your modern day intersectional suffragettes, although Roisin was telling me in the dressing room, we forget, we write out the parts where they were intersectional. You were telling me about a disabled suffragette. Yeah, she used to ram people
6: with a wheelchair when they're in the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you are like modern day more intersexual suffragettes, let's say that. And you are chaining yourself to railings. I came to visit Sisters Uncut when you had occupied or reclaimed Holloway Prison. And it was extraordinary, the sisterhood. And I have a picture of you all on the roof, letting <laughs> off sort of coloured paint into the sky. And there was vigils for women who died there. You do make me feel a bit lightweight, if I'm honest. And that's annoying. <laughs> but uh, how can we help more? Because they're, they're turning it into luxury flats, yes? Yeah. And they have made a concession and said, oh, we'll have some space, a communal space Women there because of our protesting.
9: Yes. So, Islington Council have uh, released a supplementary planning document which have said that they have outlined that they want space for actual affordable social housing and a service which supports women leaving prison. And obviously, it's a really historic site because suffragettes were there, Oscar Wilde was also there for a short amount of time. Prison isn't something that a lot of people really think about on a day to day basis. and. You know, for example, 57% of women in prison are survivors of domestic violence. And I think it's 81% of them are in there for non-violent crimes. So um, we're really committed to make that into a, a service for women leaving prison. And if anyone is up for supporting us, donating and are joining So how the campaign. can we
0: donate? What can people do? Can you give Paypal. us a
7: link? So we, on sistersuncut.org there is a link to a PayPal account. You can also just be spreading our messages. We've managed that. We have a really savvy press team who every time there is an action, we release our key messages, which is why like all of these, all of the mainstream media outlets at the moment have reported on what we did at the BAFTAs and all of that talks about the domestic violence bill. So even sharing all of those on social media, donating to us because direct. Direct action costs money. It's really expensive. Do Occupying you, a prison. Do you, you need it out. Stop do you voting pro- for Tories? <laughs> that <would be laughs> really
0: Do you need do you need volunteers <laughs> to do admin, that kind of thing?
8: There is a lot of boring admin involved that would it would be nice to you've got a legal, legal team. The you, point you, of
7: direct action is that it is you don't need qualifications to do it. Yeah. That's why, like, not everyone is going to be able to get into the rooms that an MP can get into to incite the kind of change that you're looking for. Not everyone, that's not accessible to yeah. everyone. And direct action, you know, there are elements of it that you can be involved in on any level that is super important. So
8: and I think that's one of the best things about Sisters or Being Part of Sisters Uncut, is that we have a very good dedicated media team, legal team, propaganda team that does the visual stuff. Do you call it the
0: propaganda team? Yeah, propaganda team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. do don't, don't bother with PR. It's like propaganda. It's propaganda. Logistics. And I think great, it, so. If people have got skills they wish to bring to you and they want to help. Come to a meeting.
8: Come, come to, to, to a, a meeting. meeting. Okay, Where are, are these meetings? Open meetings every Thursday, but find us uh, on All over the country. Yeah. We have different so we're part of the North London contingent and focus on Holloway Prison, but then other groups focus on other things. So in East London, they're very focused on council housing there, because that's a big issue. So you Google Sisters Uncut, and you find
0: your local meeting, if you're in the UK, if you're in another country, and your services are being cut, you may well already have groups like Sisters Uncut, or if not, start one.
8: Yeah. Um, But I think that the main thing... I think the main thing is also just to spread our message because I genuinely think up until yesterday, in public at least, the Domestic Violence and Abuse Bill wasn't really being spoken about and so that's why we did the BAFTAs because we were trying to kind of... like We wanted to support and show solidarity to the Time's Up movement but expand it and bring it back to state responsibility and what the state could be doing to support survivors. So I think kind of just spreading that message because I know a lot of the time that prisons and police isn't really a fashionable... Yeah, sexy it's not you bring it thing to the red to... <laughs> carpet and it's really sexy. <laughs> it's not a sexy thing to talk about, so people get a bit weird about it and a lot of people want to see perpetrators locked up and that kind of thing, but that's not what we're asking for. And so I think just spreading that message about support and not sentences is what we're about
7: yeah and we've just uh, sort of relaunched our whole Feministo which is on our website we're doing a whole new kind of because that was created in 2014 when we first started so we've kind of updated our demands which are yeah. all much more specific I think and yeah. really like you can find out a lot more information about us and what we're doing on there yeah.
9: Yeah.
7: and it's called the Feministo which is fun
9: but also, in response to what you were saying, Stella, um, we do know that the Tories at the moment—they always say that they're funding stuff. Like, but you know, when they talk about the NHS, they say we've added this many nurses, but they don't talk about how many they've cut or everything. It's all kind of clouded stats which don't make any sense. And we know that they're cutting, but they're not actually yeah. um, honest about it. Because also,
3: it's a challenge for other political parties as well. Because I know we're not in office. But opposition parties Sorry, can Sorry, I've rudely pointed that
0: out, and I feel like it's the That's elephant fine. in the room now. I know! You're powerless, Stella, <laughs> you're, you're powerless. powerless. <laughs> you're...
3: All I can do is eat cake. <laughs> no, no, um, no, I feel but, you're doing much more. But, but one of the things, especially because we have a hung parliament, is in, if you're specific about what your asks are, getting opposition parties to pick them up, working with them to make sure they're really, really clear. Because just saying Tories are bad... That doesn't oh, they, get they right. are. Boom. Know, they are. <laughs> but yeah, you need to know it's, exactly what how is much better. money has been what cut from references. What is better is what moves things. And yeah. yeah, as a left-wing politician, the left has always been at its strongest when it's fought for something. So for the Equalities Act, for the NHS, for a national minimum wage, rather than just saying this is bad. Because when you identify what you want to see happen, suddenly they don't meet that standard. Mm. And all the statistics and all the blather from the ministers you get in the world doesn't meet that standard and it's the standard the action that makes things happen i have to be really specific with them that i don't want women to travel from northern ireland to have to get an abortion because otherwise they'll say to you oh well women from northern ireland can get an abortion so it's all mm-hmm. sorted
6: but let's just abolish the state and then we don't have to worry about doing this at all um,
0: <laughs> but also we are when we're... do we start that when i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm well i'm free tomorrow yes um, <laughs> Questions from the audience for, for Sisters Uncut or Stella Cruz MP? Yes, one down the front here. Thank you.
6: Um, we've talked a bit about how the right wing
0: um, aren't always as friendly to women as they might be. But I think there's probably quite a big problem in the left wing at the moment.
3: No, no, my, my list they're great guys. They're no. great. The list they're so good. <laughs> and they totally, they've got your issue for you. So it's all right. You, you don't need they to they do anything. They've they got, yeah. they got your back, sister. Yeah, yeah. John yeah. McDonald. Yeah, he'll fund refugees. So, like, so how do we like get the the
4: U's and the Jess Phillips and the more radical elements? Me, me and
3: Jess, I don't know left. if I'm giving away state seat, but we have offices opposite each other, so it's like we're the naughty step permanently. <laughs> <laughs> she comes and she steals my biscuits. I want that. No, that's why no, no. cake.
2: <laughs> Better
0: hide your cake, then Stella. No, no. I know, sisters. Uncut. You're politically unaffiliated and would like to see the state dismantled. But if you are, for example, I'm left wing. I would vote Labour. Uh, how do I get the men in the Labour Party to understand that that female issues are human issues and non-binary issues are human issues? And they're not
3: secondary to economic issues, because actually it does all fit together intersectionally. First and foremost, we have to admit we have a problem. Like, Why do we expect the men in our party to be any different from men in society in terms of imbibing unconscious (coughs) expectations, sexist analogies, generally not thinking things through? Secondly, it is about specific policies, and it's also about not giving ground on these things. I am constantly frustrated by being told that equality's issues will come after things like Brexit, after things like oh god, after Brexit. Oh my my god, god, that, that could never any... happen. That could you be know, any time. We've in the next we just 400 lived through a years. recession. <laughs> we'll all be dead before then. If you, you think about all the evidence Bloody shows yeah. you that when you unlock women's potential, you make a massive economic contribution. We've just lived through a recession. Everyone talks about how difficult life is. The best thing we could do is support women's businesses, support women's ownership, mm-hmm. support women's leadership. That's why it matters. That B- the BBC matters in of itself because. That's the first big equal pay case after the legislation. So how they behave will shape it for how things go before them. So this concept of being an ally, which I think is separate from people who may be resistant to equalities issues, is really important.
0: We need to find the men who are pro and make them act pro.
3: But the thing is, they will be difficult about it, sometimes unconsciously, just as as a white woman sometimes I get things wrong too when it comes to intersectional issues the question is how do we recognise our own privilege, help them recognise their privilege and not grand an inch in how important it is to all of us, I always say the whole point about feminism is we're doing you a favour lads because equality is good for everyone but, so even if you don't realise it sir and sadly you sat at the front so you're the main man I can see in the dark
0: yeah. trust he's, us, he's the producer of the podcast trust us, he so so makes your... we will he's,
3: make he's, your he's, life better he gets better. this a lot <laughs> But being an ally isn't speaking for us, it's standing alongside us. Because what the brochelists mm. tend to do is say that they've got the issue because they get that equality is a good thing. We have to show that actually it's not about that. Mm. My job isn't to represent everyone, it's to try and create platforms. Can I, and but then people. how do
6: you unlock women's potential in a white supremacist... Like heteronormative world because then all you're doing is you're bringing them up to the standard that men have which has been really problematic i mean the world is shit and it's yep. been built by men so why would we want to unlock women's potential in that like let's I, dismantle I, I, it i, 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 I agree that.
3: with you i'm not fighting for equality so that women can work as long hours as men exactly. and it's men can have this crappy experience the of childcare. so you
0: know mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, if you do have a privilege. completely different agenda if men start going, I'm going to wait. Or, I'm going to push you forward. Or, I'm going to. And if white women start doing that, and non-disabled women do it to disabled women, we can create at least some immediate, current, modern-day fairness if we just say. I see that I have advantage here, so I choose not to take but it. The,
2: but the issue is is that even if you get, say, sort of 80% of the people going, oh, that's really right on, and I absolutely 100% agree with you, they tend to be the 80% of the people that have zero power. And it's like the top 2% that are like, well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that are hanging on to it. And they're the ones that are in control, and they're the, one, the global organisations. So, 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 so some of this... I being think an for, an,
8: oh, sorry. No, 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 I think that's one of the reasons that at uh, Sisters Uncut we take direct action. Because it's kind of our a lot of the time our only option to get our voices heard. So being at the BAFTAs last night was the only way we could get heard because people perceive us as powerless. So that's why we take that sure. extra well, we are show that we're so. I, I
3: would. I, I would disagree not because I don't think what you did last night was powerful but because I do think you have power you have power as an individual we have power in our communities mm-hmm. and we have power in the political process what we don't have is equal power right now so one of the things we have to do is think about how we can use so I can use my platform to pick up issues that you're raising and vice versa it's how you put the two together let me give you a brilliant example of this because it's one i'd love to keep people focused on right now in sierra leone politicians are using the promise of female gender mutilation to try and win the election right unless we start using our platform to help the sierra Leonean activists raise that concern raise it through the diffid in our country but also through the un that will continue because right now they are powerless in that process you are not them but you as a direct action organization could help us say outside the sierra Leone in embassy to call them to account i can then raise it in parliament when we put the two together that's dynamite suddenly it changes the conversation that's how change happens
9: it's fucked if it I, I don't um, think that using... I think that one of the problems with aid in the country at the moment is that we stick the British flag on everything every time we <laughs> yes. send bags Glodalism. of flour and
0: stuff. <laughs> uh, there's two questions in the front row. There's one in the back. Uh, we we had front row privilege before, so we should go back.
4: Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot tonight about some of the really big things that we can be doing to show that we support feminism.
6: What are some of the more everyday things that we can be doing to support feminism and political equality?
0: Jasmine cannot wait to answer this. <laughs> She's, she is the, the starting track and she is ready. So this is something that I talk about a lot. So basically, I think
7: that so there's loads of things that you can do to support women just like on a day-to-day basis and women and non-binary people, I mean, because part of this sort of angle that we have in terms of Uh, not being so into the criminal justice system, you could say, (laughs) is that that is acknowledging that actually there are a lot of people who aren't going to be able to and aren't going to be comfortable engaging with the criminal justice system. So particularly people of colour, particularly people who might have insecure immigration status and people who are in the LGBTQ community. (coughs) And so there are things that we can do as a community to take accountability for what's going on around us. So on a day-to-day basis, there's things like bystander intervention Mentioned that you can engage in. So, looking out for each other. When you see people being harassed in the street, whether it's a woman being harassed by a man sexually, or whether it, you know catcalling, or being groped on the tube, or whatever, or whether it's the police harassing people of colour on the street doing stop and search, which is a racist piece of yep. uh, legislation slash just a uh, practice that the police do on the streets, there are ways that you can use your privilege to intervene in a like. Not, I'm not talking about aggressively like trying to. <laughs> how would um, you do that if it
0: was a police officer so because I can, okay. if so Let's can I, I can see for I this do know your rights training I
7: can do this can part. we do so, it so can, so oh, no, right. so can we role play it yeah, I want, okay. easily. so basically when it comes to the police for example stop and search if you know your rights which most people don't like if they've decided to stop and search you under stop and search law they can look in your bags and things like that but you do not have to give them any personal information you do not have to give your name your age your address you do not have to give them your immigration status you do not have to give them any personal information So what do and i just say, say to... that to somebody okay. if they're being so, stopped so and you, can, you can go and speak to them and it's always much more empowering whether it's police that's talking to someone or yep. whether it's just someone being harassed it's much more empowering to go and talk to the person experiencing that harassment you check with them whether that they want you to intervene. You check with them if they are okay and you follow their lead. If they want you to stand there and they want your support, then you do that. You can use your privilege. If you are a white person particularly or a middle class person or any of these other kinds of privileges, you can go and intervene in a safe, non-threatening way because you're doing nothing wrong by informing someone of their rights. And so if you're being stopped and searched, you don't have to give any personal details. If you are being arrested, you still don't have to give any personal details. You are always, you do not have to say anything unless you have a lawyer for and anything No anything. comment. No comment. Every time the police speak to you, no comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment. And it's not suspicious,
0: it's just exercising your rights. And so. Can we role play this? So, Stella, can you be,
3: can your I be officer
0: Kropke? Cro- yes. So, you're the officer and you're arresting, we'll you're to- stopping and searching Jen. Oh, about Hello. time. <laughs> Come on now. I've been here for ages. Come on now. Come on. Um, Sorry. I'm let, let's not fetishize the police Roisin no. says now so, um, <laughs> so okay so you're stopping and searching and you're talking to her and
7: going so oh. something that they would say is some kind of bullshit. bullshit thing about how there's been a crime committed in okay, the great. area by someone who fits your description so
3: Stella you say that so uh, somebody has stolen from the sweet shop a mm. large quantity of Rocky Road cake and the person seen had short brown hair and brown trousers on as you are wearing brown
0: trousers Ex- and you have short brown excuse hair excuse me sorry to interrupt are you alright uh, no, I... Excuse me, I've I'm talking been, to this person. No, I do product. understand that. I'm just, I'll just be a second. I've got a very nice hat. I'll just be a second, officer. Don't are even you, bother talking to the officer. Are you all right?
2: Uh, no, i am Excuse I've I've been been harassed. I'm, I'm Just to let uh, you know,
0: you don't I'm trying need to, to give crime your name in this area. or your immigration status or I'm trying like to that. save the rocky road. So you can just... You just can say no comment. That's, that's absolutely your legal right if you'd like to do that and you don't have to say anything else without a lawyer present. I am going to search your bag for your rocky road. No comment, she can do that.
2: But I'm she can't look in
0: your bag. <laughs> she can do that, but you can
3: actually and say no, if you, you are carrying no Rocky Road. I'm just going to
2: say no comment.
3: If you are carrying Rocky Road, I am going to take it from you. It may not make it back to the police
0: station. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, that was some giant role play there. Well done. Starring Stella Crocey as the police and Jen Brister as the innocent stop and search. I don't victim. feel like I
2: get enough castings. So I feel like I'm No, okay. you
0: should. Just before we finish, has anybody got an I'm a feminist but that they'd like to do? Stella? Uh,
3: (laughs) Where does it start? Um, I'm a feminist, but I love watching just the two of us. What's that?
2: Oh, that that, MTV. Oh, my God. How old are you? Can't help I haven't it. played that if, on the blooming telly if, for
3: years. No, just the two of us is on MTV. I love bad trash. It's on MTV. What's sorry. going on? I'm sorry. I, I, you know, Geordie Shaw, Jersey Shaw. Made in Shell oh. I've
0: watched all of these things. Oh, you had the crowd and they've turned. I'm bad. They've turned. They loved you, Stella. I'm Here bad. you are, trying to stop domestic violence, and now you've turned to Jordan Shore. I'm, Geordie a, I'm
3: Shaw. a feminist and I should be watching all those Scandinavian dramas you with sh- subtitles. <laughs> you should.
0: I just love trash telly. i um, sorry. Sorry. Maya Rasha, do you have one? Um,
9: I just, I don't think we have anything to feel guilty about. Yeah. Yeah. Yay!
0: Is there any chance, Jen, that you would read this out? This is just our little bit of subscribe bit. Yes, I will read do, it. Can you, I love it when you do it in the style of your mum, though. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so disappointing. Do Jen's oh, no. mum. Do Jen's mum. She complained. Do Jen's mum. You mom. don't have to do, do it. Jen's oh, God, I mean, you guys. Uh, I really hope she, she doesn't you don't, know. What,
2: she doesn't know what a podcast is. It's fine.
0: <laughs> you don't have to do it in the style of your mum if you don't want. You could do it in the style of a suffragette. Can or, I just say it's me? fine so boring though don't oh. be Millicent Fawcett <laughs> she was dry ah. she was, oh, yeah, she was Ro- boring she was as, as fuck, fuck. <laughs> Roisin was saying in the dressing room she was like she said Millicent Fawcett was dry as fuck and I said you cannot say that to our audience and then I said it
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, she didn't
0: even- Go on hunger strike, like come on, come the you know, fuck no, on. on! No, if you didn't, I, I, see. I would have tried Chief to go on a hunger track. strike, and by two o'clock, I would have convinced myself that I was much more used to the to the sisterly <laughs> fight if I'd had a sandwich. <laughs> I know I would. I know myself. I know myself. I don't. I can't. Where's your revolutionary discipline? I, 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 in the sandwich. <laughs> so sorry I would have let all the sisters down I'm sorry I'm sorry actually... I, I do, would have to that, into yeah. the rocky road yes. self care
6: is an important part of activism if you need a sandwich you've got to have a sandwich that, thank you I would hashtag hashtag self care save us please
2: <laughs> hashtag self care I was getting really worried that we, I was never going to f- get through this um, right okay here we go To keep track of everything we're up to, you can follow Guilt Fem Pod on Twitter or The Guilty Feminist on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page you can like and a mailing list you can sign up to. And if you like what you hear, please go to what we're now supposed to call Apple Podcasts and rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people to discover us. You have been listening to The Guilty
4: Feminist
0: with me, the Broncos White guest co-host, Jed Brister and our very special guest, Stella, greeting MP and, of course, the wonderful Sisters Morning. And three was Chris Shaw. The producer was Tom Salinsky for the sponsored show. Thanks to Dave Gamble and everyone at the Royal Albert Hall, including the Suffragettes, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, what's we'll at I was just saying I to Rasheen, she's one of our more desk thumping guests that we've ever had. <laughs> Understandably, she's radical, that's why we've invited her. But the, every time you bang the desk on a podcast, it, you can hear, you're on the tube going, oh, yeah, exactly. It's like you're being punched in the ear. So I've been wanting to say for a while, but obviously I didn't want to interrupt someone who's clearly a better feminist than me to go, um, could you stop punching the table? It's not about hierarchy, we're not hierarchy. It's not about hierarchy, no, but she's punched this desk as if it's the patriarchy.
8: Um, we're doing what the suffragettes used to do when they came here. Yeah. Yes!
0: <laughs> um, if you are on the tube, I apologize.
1: planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus.